Hey marketers, if you want to get the latest news, trends, and insights in marketing, advertising, and tech, check out the Adweek Podcast Network. Learn from leading voices across media and marketing with original shows like Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, Marketing Vanguard, and Tech Magic with Kathy Hackle. Start listening now by searching Adweek wherever you listen to podcasts. My dad works in B2B marketing. He came by my school for career day and said he was a big ROAS man. Then he told everyone how much he loved calculating his return on ad spend. My friends still laugh at me to this day. Not everyone gets B2B, but with LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people who do. Get $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash generate to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash generate. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. You're listening to Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, a show where we discuss trends, pop culture, and the surge of reality television, because at the end of the day, everything is an ad. I am Luz Corona, Adweek Community Editor, and to my side here, digitally, of course, is my co-host, Rebecca Stewart, our Europe Brand Editor. My friend, how are you? Hey, Luz, I'm great. I'm just wondering what reality TV is an ad for? <laughs> or what is an ad against? It's, it's an ad against a lot of things. <laughs> a lot of things, if you really think about it. It's all a commercial. But this is why we have our friends to join us today, right? To discuss um, the, the optics and everything here. Um, we are welcoming Al Manorino, senior producer of Adweek Podcast Network, and Bill Bradley, deputy TV editor. How are you guys? Al, I mean, you can go first. I, I'm I'm excited to be here. This is this is wild. Like uh, I love you, Bill. Yeah, it, it's it's wonderful. Uh, Long time listener, first time caller. <laughs> <laughs> we love to see it. I'm a um, longtime listener. This is definitely not my first time calling. <laughs> Al's pretty much here every time. Pretty much. <laughs> um, well, we brought you guys on because Rebecca and I were chatting. Um, Avi. We want to talk about Vanderpump, but it's not going to be all about Vanderpump. If not, we would have had Colin Daniels here. We're going to save him for BravoCon (laughs) episode, right? Um, But as we've all noticed, there's a very big, as I was talking to Al, a surge in reality TV. But as he pointed out to me, this is actually a resurge of reality TV due to writer strike history, since this is not the first one that we're in the middle of. Um, So, Al, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like Bill would definitely be more qualified to get into, like, the kind of rich, more deep history of, of what, you know, what's happening right now. But um, as many are aware, we are in the midst of a writer's strike and uh, potentially a few more strikes in Hollywood as well. But back in 2007, um, there was a writer's strike, a very famous writer's strike, that kind of brought on... Um, the emergence of reality TV as we know it, because, uh, you know, unscripted, quote unquote, unscripted television, um, you know, really shined and was brought in to replace a lot of the shows um, that were not on TV due to the strike. Um, I always say that, you know, 2007 and the writer's strike was the reason, uh, you know, for the fall of shows like Heroes. Uh, One of my favorite shows at the time, season two, was basically written by the creator of the show, and it was kind of a mess. Uh, A lot of our shows uh, during that time were, uh, had shortened seasons because of the strike, because it was kind of right down in the the middle. This was before streaming, um, where, you know, we got like eight episode limited series. These were like 
in the heart of the 22, 20, 23 episode shows on NBC and the CW and all that kind of stuff. So um, right now we're seeing, you know, kind of the start of it. We've seen, uh, I believe, and Bill, you can uh, correct me on this, but I believe it was ABC who was like, here's our summer schedule. And it was just like all reality shows, <laughs> um, you know, and but but uh, I'll let Bill get into this, too, is we are, you know, we also are, in, are now in the uh, the age of streaming. So um, many of us won't really, it won't really affect us yet, but it's going to come down the line because a lot of the shows uh, that, you know, we watch or, you know, love, um, you know, kind of either are already in the can or a lot of new shows are already in the can um, for the upcoming TV season for, you know, streamers like Netflix and Apple and things like that. But I mean, yeah, Al, yeah like you're exactly right. Uh, it, it's interesting to see how the networks have kind of set their fall lineups. ABC, very heavy on reality shows. I think besides all reality shows, they have like encores of Abbott Elementary, which is just like yeah. reruns. Yes. Another word for encores is reruns. reruns. Um, so then, but it, it is interesting because, like, you look at CBS uh, and they have a lot of scripted shows as well. Um, uh, they are moving, uh, I believe, Amazing Race uh, to 90 Minutes, Survivor to 90 Minutes. But they, like, looking at the schedule, it seems like they're sort of banking on this being a quick strike or uh, definitely more than ABC. But yeah, it, it does really cause the rise of uh, reality shows. I mean, even there's a 1988 uh, writer's strike, and I, I think Cops came out of that, America's Most Wanted. <laughs> wow. If you look at 2007, you got The Kardashians, you've got Celebrity Apprentice. So, like, did that cause Donald Trump's run? Like, I don't know. Like, mm. we need to stop these writer's strikes, is all I'm saying. You <laughs> <laughs> have a lot to answer for. Agreed. <laughs> and Phil, I wonder if there's other factors driving this too. Um, things like TikTok and YouTube, like the virality that those give unscripted reality shows is immense. And obviously they didn't really exist in 2007. Most of the Vanderpump reunion I saw on TikTok, the first episode before I watched it on um, Hey You It Is in the UK instead of Bravo. But yeah, I'm keen to hear if there's something else driving this beyond the writer's strike. Well, this is a, a totally new landscape that we're in right now. Like, I mean, you look at 2007, uh, like those reality shows rise out of that. There's not a lot of competition. They start to succeed. But now it's you got streaming platforms with deep libraries of content. A lot of reality stuff is already out there. Like they're making another sequel to like F-Boys, F-Boy Island. There's going to be F-Girl Island. So now it's like so like that that's an endless franchise there i guess so um really like there is a lot of content out there and people are just consuming it differently so you look at tiktok and, and that causes so many different trends to to really start like that it costs a lot of, with stranger things you know um songs to go viral and and now that uh you have tiktok you can chop down long episodes of reality to like the moments that matter like you said the the reunion show um, you can see all of that on TikTok in little clips that are most important. Um, how does that change in the future? Uh, like, remains to be seen. But yeah, people are consuming it in a lot of different ways. And TikTok often drives you to watch the, the longer platform as well. So you're seeing the clips and then uh, I need to look up the numbers, but it's well over like 50%. If people are engaging with these clips, mm -hmm. you end up watching the show too. 
Yep. And this is this is kind of what actually started the conversation, like the idea for this episode, because I um I've managed to avoid Vanderpump basically for the past few years. And reality TV, I think we were talking a little bit before we started recording where, you know, some of us like we don't watch it. Um, I haven't watched since Jersey Shore back in the day, but I am going to watch now that Sammy Sweetheart's back and that's how they're getting people back. But I say all this to say because the this caught my attention with the reunion talk. I saw my 60-year-old mother-in-law and my 30-year-old sister just talking endlessly. And it just struck me the demographics that this show touches. Like, how is it that they get such a wide, a wide reach, you know? And is it, do you guys think it's more of like reality TV is also a good avenue for a scale play, you know, just like extensive reach? It just, it boggles my mind. They've, I mean, they've mastered, they've mastered it really like, as Bill said, it, it it lends itself so well to TikTok and Twitter. Like, I I mean, 2007. It, I mean, we're very early days of Twitter, but we're talking about a show. Like, I I was talking about a show like Heroes. That was a water cooler show. Like, when things happened, you were talking about it the next day, and that's what Twitter started becoming the water cooler for mm-hmm. these shows with with you know shows trending and things like that. But like, it, it was going through the spoilers and everything like Twitter, TikTok, that's where reality TV lives. It's not on, you know, you know, basic cable or, or, or Netflix or whatever. You know, one thing I would, I would add to that is like with the decline of linear TV ratings have been going down for years. People don't always have an easy communal experience. Um, and we really crave that. So like, something like there have been cheating scandals on Vanderpump before. Why is this one the scandal that, well, I mean, things like TikTok, like it comes up on your For You page. People are really engaging with this and you want to be part of that conversation. And this is, it's an easy avenue into that. And now everyone's watching the clips and now Scandaval is the biggest thing ever. So, you know, that's, that's what happens. Yeah. And it's so memeable as well. Like there's so many memes that yeah, people that I wouldn't have thought would previously have watched um, Vanderpump Rules are, are sharing and stuff. But I'm curious, like, what's in this for brands? Um, because I read something yesterday that Ariana Maddox is set to earn a million dollars off the back of Scandal because she's just done a campaign with Bic Razors and another one with Uber One with some of the other cast. Like, brands are capitalizing on this, it seems. I mean, you know, what I would say to that is uh, I know money doesn't solve everything. Hopefully that can heal her, her broken heart. Because <laughs> I think she's doing totally she des- great. She, deserve, she deserves it. I mean, she was at NBC used uh, upfront uh, on stage to, you know, uh, huge applause. She's definitely coming out of the winner uh, in this situation. And it makes sense when the eyeballs are on you that brands want to be a part of that. Um, you know, especially like if it's a good narrative, if they can be a part of the good side of the narrative, like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, I don't know how Tom's doing. Like, uh, you know, uh, maybe Kleenex is, is with Tom right now. (laughs) There's some great partnership ideas coming out of this conversation. Like everyone can get involved. Everyone can get involved. Everyone. (laughs) Yeah. And I, I, I also think too, like for like the reality competition shows, we were talking about this a little before we started recording, like I'm starting to get like. I'm starting to see that kind of resurgence too of more of more shows like that. Um, 
like I'm, I'm right now currently obsessed with a barbecue showdown on Netflix. Yes. yes. So good. Yes. So good. But I think like in terms of branding opportunities, it's, it's going to go to, you know, seeing those brands as, you know, prizes or things that people are using mm -hmm. in, you know, whether it's singing competition shows and people winning cars and things like that. Like then we're going to yeah. see more opportunities and a lot of more like sponsorship opportunities too, with how people are going to gravitate to these shows now that you know say stranger things isn't on anymore or whatever um i think we'll see uh more opportunities for brands to get involved uh in more maybe more unique ways uh, whether it's with within the show or as a sponsor of it well i mean one thing to add on to that too is like you're absolutely right at, like at new fronts um peacock was rolling out a new like shoppable ad where I think it's in Top Chef, and like if you see a brand of pot, you can purchase the pot on your phone while watching the show, and it's just like mm -hmm. wild. And product placement is even actually getting shows greenlit now. It's mm -hmm. like it, yeah. it definitely is wild, and reality is a great way in for brands. Right. Yeah. yeah, and for streamers, I'm starting to see more interactive ads where you can choose the ad format. Um, you know, they'll give you three different, sometimes more options of like, how what what do you want to see with this brand? How it relates to you? Um, I know that's very vague, but it says like, do you want to see this in? Uh, you know, if it's a car, do you want to see it camping? Do you want to see it? You know, uh, on a road trip or whatever like that, or. Um, I've seen like with, um, I don't know if it was State Farm or one of the insurance companies, it will say like, get more information sent directly to your phone and it has it already there and you can click it and it will just, you know, text you or email you. And, you know, they're getting definitely uh, more clever with how, you know, those, uh, those ads can really get a return on investment and not just like, you know, people skipping them and things like that. Mm -hmm. I just wrote a piece um, on adweek.com that our listeners can Heard read. Heard of it? Yes. Quite <laughs> <laughs> a good platform. Um, and yeah, it was around how Delta kind of integrated itself into the penultimate episode of Top Chef. Um, and yeah, I would say in the UK especially, these kind of seamless integrations into the show are becoming just as much of a hot ticket as a sponsorship. So shows like The Great British Bake Off, um, which I'm not sure if that's a... Um, it's, hum US, it's humongous here. We oh, love it here. We love it here. It's huge. <laughs> so yeah, that is that and Love Island, which is not as wholesome, um, are the two biggest kind of two, two biggest hot tickets, I'd say, for UK brands um, when it comes to TV. Yeah, for sure. You know what? What has kind of struck me, and this is more of a comment, not really a question, but just like the brand partnerships that has come out for the talent as well, right? So like even watching the Vanderpump reunion, which I did get sucked in, and obviously a fan now. Um, you know, watching it the other day, I noticed that Ariana had like uh, a shaving commercial or something for one of the razors. Of course, I don't remember the brand, so maybe it didn't resonate with me. But um, you know, there was that. There's this big Uber Eats spot with like you know girls from from the show the i always see the bachelor franchise as like a great pr play if you want to get your name out there it's not even about finding love anymore i just mm -hmm. see people following like after that show they get the endorsements like they get a tv show podcast and rebecca you see that over there as well right 
Yeah, 100%. Love Island and Strangely Married at First Sight Australia are two of the most like popular reality TV shows here. And yeah, people don't go on those shows to find love. They go on to get an influencer deal. And in some instances, the the contestants already have line, deals lined up before they've even entered the villa or entered the experiment. So it's definitely becoming more of a thing. And yeah, I'd say almost every single person from each season of Love Island has gone on to become either an influencer or a micro-influencer. So yeah, that's the trend here too. I mean, one thing I would say to that, yeah, you're exactly right. It's like, if you're on the shows for love, you're literally on the shows for the wrong reasons. They make a big, <laughs> like they make a big deal about you're not here for the right reasons, but it's such an unspoken thing. I don't know if you mm -hmm. watched like the last season of The Bachelor, uh, one of the women, I think Anastasia was her name, got eliminated essentially because she spoke Instagram. Like she said, oh, we're gonna get like 50,000 followers off camera and then she's gone. Like wow. it's like you, you can't talk about it or they will eliminate, like it, like it doesn't exist. It's very strange. It's like the big elephant in the room that everyone's there yeah. for and they just won't say it. Yeah, it's like Fight Club. Like the exactly. number one role of Fight Club. Like and reality TV, like you're not, just don't talk about why you're here. <laughs> right, right, exactly, exactly. I'm, I'm only here for the zip line. <laughs> That spot. Yeah. Sorry, listeners. Yeah. I, f I hope Incredible. everyone has seen this like great clip yeah, from. Yeah. I think uh, you should what, leave. Yes, from the show. I think you should leave with Season Tim Robinson. Three. Yeah, so and good. there is just a spoof, a great spoof of um, the Bachelor show and how he's pretty much a contestant <laughs> on it just to ride the zip line, and I like cry laughing. Well, at it's. <laughs> I mean, I, I could just. We could just dedicate the rest of the podcast talking about that season because it's incredible yeah. <laughs> i mean you know what's so funny I, the first time i saw that sketch though it was on tiktok and yeah. then i went i was like oh oh right it's out today so then yeah. i went Luce, and watched Luce it. sent it to us on a, in a tweet i believe yep. uh, yeah and i was yeah. just like again that's how we're absorbing a lot of this content i am watching way too much on tiktok and i'm like i could just go yeah. watch the show what am i <laughs> yeah. doing yeah, yeah. yeah. It's kind of how I consume SNL. Like, I just watch mm. the highlights. I should watch the whole episode, but it's just yeah. like, I just go on their Instagram and I just like, that's how I watch it. I mean, I, this is kind of unrelated, but like, I've been watching uh, on Max the Smartless uh, on tour, like the, the podcast, the Smartless, which is great with uh, Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, and Sean Hayes. So, I so, so funny. Yes. And I'm getting a ton of content on TikTok that is people just taking video of themselves watching it of like funny clips and i'm like but i also get the clips from max like the actual high quality clips but then i'm getting and these have thousands of views and thousands of likes and shares and stuff and i'm just like what is happening this is this is so weird i mean by so the way Al, I, is that your uh, subtle pitch for taking yeah that's probably an ad on the road like oh that's martin is so successful like, <laughs> yeah. yes yes we, we are we, we should we did, do that we, we i mean you should i would we, i wouldn't show up we did an ep we did an episode at south by southwest which you can listen to a few episodes ago on the feed and we might have something else on the road pretty soon oh very cool stay yeah. tuned yeah not on the road though not on the road yeah. <laughs> Stay tuned. All right. We'll talk about a tour. We'll, we'll work some contracts yeah, yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's figure that out. And let's take a quick break, and we'll be back with, yeah, that's probably an ad. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. 
Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash generate to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash generate. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. I'm curious to hear your guys' thoughts on like, um, what's next and kind of like, this looks like it's going to be our summer, possibly like fall programming is going to be affected by this. How can brands, um, advertisers kind of, authentically insert the conversation because these are niche communities we're talking about every show has its own community you can't just like Mm -hmm. copy and paste you know so I'm curious to hear like what what you guys think well I mean the you hit the nail on the head there it's it's about being authentic I you know one thing that was really funny to me is I remember an episode of Top Chef where Philadelphia cream cheese was involved and it was just like Padma the whole time like 50 times was like, oh, man, I don't taste the Philadelphia cream cheese. <laughs> <laughs> and I love Pat. I love Pat. But but uh, it's like finding that authentic integration is how you want to do it. And actually, it's interesting because you can also do it retroactively now with virtual product placement. And Top Chef, actually, in particular, is a big show where they can just put products in the background and it mm-hmm. looks like it belongs in the kitchen. And then, you know, you go back and watch the episode and it's something different there. Um, But it is about finding where it's authentic, where you don't need to, you know, really emphasize the word Philadelphia all the time. (laughs) I wonder if there's a danger for brands sometimes, especially with unscripted reality, which can be quite unpredictable. You have characters who can also be quite unpredictable. In the UK with Love Island, we've had a few issues with things like gaslighting. Um, and kind of manipulation, like uh, emotional abuse come up. And, you know, if a sponsor is attached to that show, it kind of falls on them to address those issues too. So are there dangers for brands, you know, in sponsoring or taking part in the more kind of proper unscripted reality, Real Housewives, Vanderpump, Love Island? Is it a problem? Well, I mean... Yes, uh, you need to definitely pay attention to that. You look at like uh, Fox News after Tucker Carlson left, they got a bunch of new sponsors because people didn't want to be associated with Tucker Carlson's show. Um, The same thing, especially in the reality world, you're attaching yourself to an individual that maybe you don't really know a lot about. Like, especially with The Bachelor uh, in particular, a lot of people's histories, the further they go on the show, their old tweets suddenly all come back. Um, So it is something, you need a lot of vetting. Uh, And you also probably need to focus on people who are aware of what the game is. Um, You know, there's a lot of people on there who are, influencers from the start. They're all about uh, making sure their image is perfect. If you can find a way to fit in there with someone who knows how to conduct themselves online, 
that's probably what you're looking for as a brand because that's also you know someone who's going to integrate something into their everyday lives and be authentic and you don't need to worry about it well that's a big relief very true. Al, do you have anything to add there? I, I was just going to say, when we were at Social Media Week, I, I feel like every single person that was on stage, Social Media Week is an, an ad week event, for those uh, listening, maybe abroad, uh, happens in New York and uh, happened last month in May. Uh, the people on stage a lot, I mean, I, I feel like every single person said authentic, authenticity. It just it kept coming up and up and up all the time. I, I think with, with brand integration or just, you know, you know, being a sponsor of one of these reality shows, it really is just about like making sure you're the right fit for the series, right? Like, I don't want to hear about you know, uh, you know, maybe a, a, a platform or a car when I'm watching Barbecue Showdown. I want to hear about smokers and sauces and meat and all that kind of stuff, right? So it's really about just fitting with the show that you were attaching yourself to, right? So, yeah, I mean, I think that's the main part about, I guess being authentic is really like you're not you're not going to see you know the click through or the ROI for your brand if you are not you know really really associated with the show in a good right. way in a, an authentic way yeah and i think you know the word authenticity to me like it's just been like so overused but it's still so true um but i think like you know, maybe let's dive a little bit deeper into what that means, like being authentic, because I just feel like so many brands and advertisers, they say, well, you have to be authentic, we have to, you know, but I think I find that the deeper you go into your research, the better you see, like, Al, to your point, if you're actually a fit, you can't just go within the, the Bachelor franchise, you know, and throw a rose on your creative and just, you know, expect to have um, engagement there and like the proper engagement, you might get engaged, your social posts might get engagement, but not the great kind, you know, because people can see right through it. So I think, you know, doing the research, understanding that these are niche communities that you're speaking to, um, understanding the role of social media, like, you, you know, Al, you said before, it's like a water cooler talk, you know, and just kind of doing social listening there now with AI, the role there. Um, I think these are important things to keep in mind, too. Yeah, and there's a lot, and sorry for jumping in again, but like just talking about social, you know, you don't necessarily have to be a brand sponsoring a show or, um, you know, having a product in the show, but like getting involved in the conversation. A lot mm -hmm. of these brands have incredible social teams who are very like on the pulse of things happening in pop culture, including reality TV. So it's really just about, you know, if you want to get in the conversation, it's it has to it has to be fun. It has to you know, you need to know what you're talking about and not just copy someone else's, you know, meme that they're doing, right? Like a lot of these social teams are so smart, so quick, and will, you know, really ignite and, and, and or, or, or be a part of a trend that is happening from one of these shows. And, you know, that is super important. It's like, that's a way for them to get involved, but you have to make sure you know what you're talking about. You know, the right quotes and the people involved and things like that. And you are not just, you know, reposting a quote and, and, and throwing, you know, your brand logo in there. It has to, again, has to really go back and being authentic. Yeah. And understanding who the mustache worm is. Like it's exactly. like literally exactly. a worm with a mustache. <laughs> I just had one more question for Bill, really, which is with the writer strike kind of ongoing, like what, what should marketers be doing to gear up for the kind of summer and fall season? Oh, well, you know what? It, it, 
it's it's a little difficult right now because you don't know exactly what is going to uh, roll out in the fall. Um, while uh, like n- nothing has really changed other than late night shows right now. So, um, you know, everything is sort of going on schedule. If things get into like the third quarter, fourth quarter, and there's still not a resolved strike, that's when you really need to kind of figure out um, what you're doing, where the money is going. Can we be flexible? Can we move things off of, you know, this program onto something else? Uh, I know publishers are already having those conversations with marketers. Um, again, though, right now, it's, it's, it shouldn't really be panic mode. If it gets into later in the year, then you can start to think about where budgets can go. But um, from what I've heard, uh, you know, nothing budget-wise has really changed at this point. Obviously, late night, but even with late night, you can get like virtual product placement if you really want late night into reruns. So, um, yeah, it really it's going to depend on how long it lasts. Um, we'll see, like. The fall schedules are out there. They've announced them. That's what networks are, are thinking is going to be on the air. And until further notice, that's how it's going to be. TBD. Well, yeah. what a cliffhanger. We will all stay <laughs> tuned, I'm sure. Um, but I, this was this was awesome. Thank you guys so much for joining. Um, and, yeah, we'll probably keep talking about reality TV after this. But thank you both for joining. And thank you, Rebecca, as always. Thank you, guys. Thank you. So Can't much wait fun. to see you on the road. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and Acast Creator Network. This podcast was produced by me, Al Manorino, executive produced by Chris Ahrens and John Heil, and edited by Lane McGivney at Boutwell Studios. You can listen and subscribe to all of Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcast. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>